got your Bibles, read out of John chapter 11. Very lengthy story, familiar passage that we all are familiar with. But go to verse 32, the ending of the matter. Mary has been uh, called on by Martha. Uh, Scripture doesn't say uh, that she was called on as Martha said. So there's a part of it there that makes you wonder what was Martha's agenda in calling for Mary. She says, the Lord called for you. The Lord never called for Mary. And uh, makes you wonder what angle she's working. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I read the word of God with an open heart, an open spirit. And uh, you'll find a lot in the scriptures, stuff that parallels a lot of what we see today in our own relationships with people. And uh, not every motive is pure. You wish and want it to be, but not every motive is pure. So she told her to go, the Lord's called. So verse 32 picks up with her in route. Then when Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. That is the exact same words that Martha used when she ran into Jesus. Exactly the same. Verse 33, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. She came in a different position and posture. She came weeping broken hearted verse 34 and he said where have ye laid him they said unto him Lord come and see Jesus wept then said the Jews behold how he loved him and some of them said could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died Jesus therefore again groaned. I, I, I know we have taught, verse 35, Jesus wept over Lazarus. Maybe. But what I find more in these scriptures is his weeping and grieving was over what Mary and Martha and the people were saying and going through. It wasn't so much the loss of the friend Lazarus. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself coming to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said take ye away the stone. Martha the sister of him that was dead said unto him Lord by this time he stinks. For he has been dead four days. Verse 34 is where we're going to launch from. And he said where have ye laid him? I want to preach this morning from a very simple thought. Laid at the feet of defeat. Laid 
at the feet of defeat. If you would, lift your hands and let's ask God to talk to us or just lift your voice if you don't want to lift your hands. Just lift your voice. Jesus, talk to us today. Let your word be alive. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Let it not just be another sermon, God, but let it be a word from you. God, help us today. Anoint my lips, my mind, anoint our heart. Let it all be for the good and the glory of your kingdom and the furtherance and the expanding of your church. God, we ask you today in the name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. We focus a lot on our victories. And I thank God for every victory. I don't minimize victories that God has given us. Times in, that, that in our life that God has come through after much prayer. But notice here in this story that Jesus did not come asking for them to declare their victories. He came looking for their defeats. I want that to sink in because if you miss that, you miss the whole message. He didn't come looking for a big hurrah testimony like many today. They can't wait to just tell their testimony. And I thank God for great testimonies. But Jesus didn't come looking for your testimony or my testimony. He didn't come looking for the victory. He didn't come looking for when you were at the top of your point, your mountain. He Mary, he didn't come looking when she was at her highest place. When you, everything is going well and everything is perfect and life is moving forward at such a pace that, man, you're just kind of waving as you go by because it's such an enjoyable journey. He didn't come at that moment of victory. How I wish sometimes I, I, I could and I do thank Him for the victories, but I find more times He comes when I'm at the very end of the rope and I'm laying it down at the feet of defeat <laughs> kind of pun a funny play on words feet and defeat but I'm laying it at the foot of this thing called defeat and I'm saying Lord I don't know how this is going to turn out, but it seemed like I'm losing the battle more than I'm winning it. Am I preaching to anybody from the first of this message? I feel like more, I'm not gaining what I, I remember the victories. I remember moments and I, I, I relish in those moments and I find satisfaction so many times. But then there's other days, Brother Roger, my, my victories kind of wane. And I wonder if that's not what God, he set the stage. Because when I'm at that high point of victory, Brother Joe, I'm really just kind of embellishing what he's done, but there's no real heartfelt connect with him. I know the victories I've been through and or, or had and I thank God, Brother Mike, for them and days I prayed and prayed and then God comes through and it worked out. But it's like that victory just lasted a moment. 
And by the next day, I was already kind of beginning. Come on, let's get honest. I done forgot about it by the next day, really. I done forgot about the victory. I done forgot about the problem. I done forgot about it. It never really dug deep in here. It was a topical. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for answering my prayer. And rightfully so. But what I find in this story is, is Jesus didn't come looking when they were at their highest point. He didn't come even at the victory. Not saying he wasn't there in me and your victories. But Jesus came when they laid it at the foot of defeat. It was over. There was nothing else to say. It started good though. And it's like many times before, it didn't just wake up one morning. Mary and Martha didn't just immediately give up. You start at the beginning of the chapter. They said, Jesus is coming through. Get message to him. Lazarus is sick. He's not dead yet. There's still some hope that if I can get Jesus there. But Jesus waits until there ain't no breath left. If I can just get him there, oh man, it's going to work out. Jesus is going to show up and he's still alive. And, and the Bible says, Jesus tells his disciples and says, Hey, we need to go through Judea. What? Didn't you just hear the message? Lazarus is sick. He's on a timeline here. If you don't hurry up and get there. And furthermore, we just left Judea. And they were on the verge of stoning you. We barely made it out on time without you losing your life. And you want to go back? And Jesus said, don't you know there's 12 hours in the day? He wasn't trying to get them to start watching their clock. He was trying to paint to them a picture. Timing is of mine alone. Timing is of mine alone. You can find the scripture, Brother Ron, if you can find it on that thing. It's probably in chapter 11, verse about 6, 7, 8, somewhere. He said there's 12 hours. Don't you know that I have everything according to my clock? Everything is according to my plan. Everything is according. I don't do anything by accident. I'm waiting on Mary and Martha to lay this thing down at the feet of defeat. Because I want to step in and look defeat eyeball to eyeball and say, you have no jurisdiction. You have no authority. You can't do anything unless I let you do it. Defeat has no ability, power. If I look at all the men in the Bible and find if they would have died and stopped at defeat. If Noah would have stopped building the boat by the proverbial defeat of public opinion. If you were looking for a poll of public's agreement or the public's agreement for Noah building the ark, he would have lost the race. There was no unanimous vote. There was no majority. There was no public opinion in the favor of building a boat. He 
had everybody against him. Can I help you right now from the beginning of this message? Sometimes your defeat is going to go against public opinion. But if I can get Jesus to show up at my house, Jesus can look at the defeat and cause it to resurrect. What was dead will be alive again. Noah looks at all this stuff and the Bible says but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace, Steve. He found a favor. How do you find grace in a different dispensation? He wasn't even in the dispensation of grace. God's got that held back. God's holding grace in reserve for the church in the New Testament. But God says, hang on one second. I'm going to show you a picture. When defeat comes in and says it's over and there ain't nothing you can do about it and it's finished and the lid on the coffin is sealed and nobody's for you come on I'm going to go with Noah and nobody's for you and every time you swing the hammer to put in another peg in the wood you got a crowd behind you saying what's that preacher doing now what's he up to now what's he trying to build now that's what it says in Indian Village what they trying to build in Indian Village and every time you swing the hammer every time you you got a crowd behind you saying you ain't never going to build nothing in Indian village it's out in the middle of the woods in a sticks and there ain't nothing out there that's going to bring a church but you hear me defeat is seen its last day Jesus is going to have a church in Indian village Jesus is going to have a church in southwest Louisiana oh that's too hard for some of you to believe that's too hard because you've lived in the doldrums of, of, of unbelief for so long I can't see my kids coming. I can't see my family. See, you've listened to defeat so long. You've partnered with it. It's your friend. You hang out with it at home. You hang your head. There ain't been a smile across my face in years. It's tight, but it's right. Well, I got the Holy Ghost. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because the Bible says the Holy Ghost is a well. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. One of those rivers is there's a joy. Because I know my election is sure. My foundation is sure. I'm going to see Jesus one day. I wish some of you would look at defeat eyeball to eyeball today. And say you're not going to have my kids. You're not going to have my son. You're not going to have my daughter. But you're going to lose. Because Jesus can't do anything. What's that preacher doing? You build an ark. We ain't never seen rain before. It ain't never rained. Never. Indian village ain't never seen a thousand people sitting on a pew. It ain't never rained like that in Indian village. Oh, I wish I had more faith with me today. You see, it's a long ranger again, Brother Larry, Brother Butch. 
I wish I had a group of people that believe with me. We can fill this place. We can reach for more. We can go beyond these walls. Why? The gospel is advantageous for anybody. It don't matter the color. It don't matter the educational background. God's looking at you and I saying, I'm ready for you to defeat that which has defeated you. Sometimes uh, it's just you and your family building the boat. Sometimes it's just us eight building the boat. Trying to do something that I know God said he's going to do. God said and Noah would preach righteousness, Sister Georgia. He would preach that there's something better. <laughs> Which is a good, he wasn't a Holy Ghost field, but it's just a good Holy Ghost field preacher's message. There's something better that God's got for you. There's something better he's got for your family. He's got something better for your mind. You don't have to fall prey to the medication. You don't have to fall prey to fear. You don't have to fall prey to defeat. If it's dead, if you can get Jesus there, he is the resurrection and the life. And when he speaks, it's going to get up out of that tomb no matter what defeat says. Public opinion, Sister Betty says, don't build the boat. Don't build the building. They're looking at us saying, why'd you build an educational building in the middle of Indian Village? Why'd you put parking lights up in the middle of Indian Village? Why did you put a bunch of crushed asphalt in the middle of Indian Village? Why'd you get a bunch of curb bumpers and concrete? Why'd you make it look so nice in the middle of Indian Village? See, we're building a boat, and there's eight of us here. That, I, I'm not speaking numerically. We got more than eight, but you just hear me. The eight represents the family of God. The family in Indian Village is saying, it might just be us today, but there's coming a day. There's going to be many that's going to come from the lineage of Noah, and grace was found because he knew defeat couldn't take him out keep building the boat regardless of your family's opinion of you hear me because family ain't going to agree with you Friends ain't going to agree with you. Some people in the church may not even agree with you. But the only one that matters is if he agrees with you. And if he agrees with you, he said you found grace. Boom. Let me tell you the end of the story. He kept hammering away. He kept sawing away. And one day he woke up and the boat was built. And God said, it's time for you to get on the boat. Defeat because of public opinion said, you ain't never going to finish it. How many of you, come on, I'm going to preach to you right now. Your family says, well, they start something, but they never finish. This is just a fad they're going through. They're just, come on, new converts. Your family said, well, it'll kind of fade away in about a year. They get the Holy Ghost today but just watch there's a spirit in Indian village that wants to say that about some of these new converts they last about a year but then we lose them in the third and fourth year somebody needs to look across this congregation defeat didn't take them new converts are still here because Jesus is the resurrection and the life 
This is Jesus' ship. This is Jesus' church. And as long as you and I don't mess it up, it's only got one way, and that's up. So they built the boat. And everybody said, they're crazy. You're crazy, Kyle. You're crazy for living for God. Watch that passionately. You're crazy for living for God. Micah, why are you living for God like that? You know, doing all that Pentecostal stuff. All that holiness stuff. You're crazy. That's defeat. But here's what I want to tell you. That when you think like I've done everything I know to do God And things still ain't working like they need to Just lay it down at his feet That don't mean you gave up That just means you're laying it down For a minute for Jesus to step in <laughs> I'm telling y'all if you could see What I see in the spirit I see Jesus kind of just stepping back here going I'm just waiting for you to lay it down I'm just waiting for you to surrender Surrender your will Surrender your opinion Surrender what you think think is right. Just let me step in for one minute. I'll shake this town up like it's never been shook. I'll resurrect the Lazarus that you have never seen resurrected. I've said it for Indian Village. I'll say it again. I'm still waiting on it. Not minimizing what God's done in our new converts. But you hear me, Brother Joe. There's one in this community that when God fills them with the Holy Ghost, one, they're going to bring 150 people by themselves. I feel something prophetic on me. I'm not just preaching you a Sunday school lesson and now lay me down to sleep. I feel something in the Holy Ghost today. You lay it down at the feet of defeat. Jesus is going to step in and pick that thing up and call it out of the cave. All right. Today could be the day. Today. Today. But Noah kept building. He kept building. Even though he didn't have the unanimous decisions of everybody. And what you look at today. Because that son or that daughter hasn't responded to what they know is right. You think you didn't teach it to them? They know what's right. They know the Holy Ghost is real. Many of them have been here on Sunday mornings and have felt such a power of God. And they've walked away and you and I have looked at it going, well, this is defeat again. They come, but they don't change. They come and they don't get a miracle. They come and conviction don't wrap them around. You need to hear me. Here's why. God's teaching you and I something. I'm going to tell somebody something in the Holy Ghost. Some of your kids are held in a bubble while God waits on you. And here's what he's waiting on. He's waiting on you and I to do what Mary did. 
Martha showed up. There wasn't a tear. There wasn't contrition. There wasn't desperation. Matter of fact, when you read it from Martha, it's a rebuke and defensiveness. If you would have been here, I know. Find it for me, Brother Ron. I don't know where it's at. Find it for me in there, Keegan, somewhere. Where he, where he starts his dialogue around 20. He starts it with Martha. The dialogue with Martha starts. He said, somewhere, probably, I'm going to guess 20, 19. Hang on, Brother Ron. I want it up there. 20. 20. Put 20. 11 and 20. He, and then Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went, did the same thing as Mary. But Mary sat in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, if you've been here, same thing Mary's gonna say. But I know that even now, now she tried to bluff it. Now she tried to bluff her way through it. Listen what she says. If you've been here, my brother had not died. But I know. She accuses him of not showing up on time. Then she bluffs her way by saying, I'm really religious and spiritual. Y'all with me? You see it? But I know even now, whatever thou ask God, oh, I know that you can do anything. Well, then why didn't you say that at the beginning, Martha? You don't believe that. You're trying to bluff it and hide your own doubt and unbelief that you have settled. This ain't never gonna turn out good. And some in this house today, you've done made up your mind. It ain't never gonna turn out good. My kids ain't never coming. I've been believing for 20 years and it's only gotten worse. This community ain't coming and it's only gotten worse. My family not coming and it's only gotten worse. And in our mind, we've done settled and agreed with defeat. All right, let me take it a little bit more personal. I made too many mistakes with my kids. There ain't no way in this world they hate my guts. There's a stump. They hate me. They hate them. I didn't treat them right. I was too hard. I abused them. Don't make me fish at the stump. Y'all better say amen if you want me to go on. I was too hard. I was too mean. I was too, I didn't love them enough. I didn't spend more time with them enough. And in our mind, there's no way my situation's going to change. So Martha comes and goes, if you've been here, I know what the preacher says. I know what people say. I know what everybody in the family say. You're here. If you would have been here. But you weren't. So now I'm going to just say it like I'm supposed to say. And he comes in and says, or she says, but I know that even now, whether thou ask of God, God's going to give it. Jesus said, 
Your brother's going to rise up again. Watch what she says. Martha said unto him, I know. I'm like, girl, would you just shut up? I mean, you're digging yourself a hole. You're trying to act like you're spiritual. And for spiritual people, they know you're lying. Oh, I'm telling y'all, I'm messing with some people today. Y'all think the preacher don't know you're lying. You ain't that spiritual. Try to talk all scriptural and you, 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 there's no fruit bearing it out. And here Martha digging it down. She goes, oh, I know he's going to rise. This is what she's saying. I'm interpreting your word properly. I know he's going to rise. Watch. In the last day. She didn't even know what he was talking about. She thought, this is prophetic. This is going to be the, the catching away. He goes, you can't even discern. You know why Martha did all of that? Because in her mind, she yoked up with defeat and said, it'll never change. So I'm going to bluff my way through religion and make everybody think I'm spiritual and even you, Jesus, when really defeat has taken over my mind. That spirit of defeat is in this area so strong. It's in all these churches. They're all the way down 190. I, I'm telling you, I, I could preach this in Brother Butch. I could preach this in Starks at Brother Smith's. I could preach it at Brother Jackson's in De Quincey. I could come on down. I could preach it at yours, Chauncey. I could preach the same message there. It goes off Maryville. I could preach it there. Defeat. And when you don't conquer it, you become religious with no power inside. And much of our people are tired, weary, beat down, frustrated, giving in. And here's what Jesus said. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth, believeth in me, and shall never die. Notice what he says at the end. He's reaching for old Martha. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, he, he don't ever give up on people. He's saying, you, you, you think you talking the jargon and the verbiage and you, you waxing eloquent, hermeneutically, homiletically, you, you, you theologic, you think you got all your ologies and ictics. But I'm going to ask you the real question. Do you believe what I just said? Because if we can't start from the very beginning, do you believe that God can do it? Now watch, hang on. I'm going to give you another chance for that. Do you? How do I profess my belief in Him? I'm going to give you the story I've given a hundred times, maybe a thousand times, Brother David, when the old boy crossed Niagara. And he had a wheelbarrow and a tight line. And he was crossing it over. And there's a crowd of people saying, you can't do this. And he turns to them back and he goes, does anybody believe I can, Mark? And one guy says, I believe you can cross that tightrope across Niagara with a wheelbarrow. The guy said, good, get in the wheelbarrow. 
And here's the moral to the story. If you and I say we believe but do nothing, we do not believe. But if, I'm going to wait, I'm going to give you a test. If we can say, I believe, what are you saying? Do you believe your son and daughter can come? Then you should shout, you should lift your hands, you should stand to your feet and give God an affirmation that you believe that. That's what gets God to react for your family. Belief is never mental assent. Belief is never just me saying I believe. Belief is me saying I'm going to get in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to give God a shout of praise to let him know I believe. Next verse, Brother Ron. He goes back to her foundation and says, can you believe? She said, yeah, Lord. Here it is again. I believe you're the Christ. Isn't it funny? When you're trying to have a conversation and help somebody, they never want to address the issue and the elephant in the room. Oh, I'm waiting on some of y'all to catch up. She's changing the subject again. I believe thou art the Christ which should come into the world. She's still talking about resurrection at the end of time. She's still, so here's what it says, Brother Perkins. No matter how many times Jesus tried, Martha couldn't get it in her mind. Now, I don't know about you, Brother Perkins, Joey, ma'am, Joe, that scares me. Because here's why. What if I'm a Martha? And Jesus keeps trying to tell me, come back to your foundational growth. That's why I use that scripture with David. David said, create in me a new heart. Renew with me a right. We, we've quoted that. That was the day that he messed up with Bathsheba. And we always, and I have used the same thing with Brother Sean, create in me. David was saying, I sinned against God. I committed adultery and I need you to forgive me. Then God gave me another piece of that puzzle, Brother Sean. He was not just saying, create in me a new heart because of my sin. What David was trying to say was is, I messed up so much with God. I started with God on the backside of a hill and I beat lions and bears and I beat all these things but the most important thing I learned on the backside was just innocence and relationship and lifting my hands freely and dancing before the Lord but now that I've become a king I've become prideful I've become arrogant God I need you to create I need you to bring me back to the beginning bring me back to my beginning relationship where I first found you where I need you I'm telling the church of North America if we don't get back to the beginning of our relationship with God we'll never see our family we'll never see the backslider we'll never see the glory of God until we're there sister Cat if we don't get back to the beginning sister Weida we'll never see it brother Mike brother Mark brother Savon we'll never see if we don't get back to the beginning that when I get up in the morning tears roll down my cheek because it's like God you're so good to me 
God, you're so favorable to me. God, you helped me when I couldn't help myself. Defeat should have took me out a long time ago. But I'm praying the same prayer today. Not because I've sinned with Bathsheba. But <laughs> because I got to get back. Creating me a new heart. Creating me that moment on the backside of that hill. Remember when you first found, fell in love with God? When you first got the Holy Ghost? They couldn't keep you out of the prayer room. They couldn't keep you out from lifting your hands and worshiping and praising. They couldn't keep you out of trying to be involved in everything that the church was doing. But you let a little kingship come to us. A little money. That's why God sometimes takes it away. To make us remember what got us where we are. Ain't that the truth, Dad? Had it all. Had boats. Had a plane. Had motorcycles, four-wheelers. Had more money we knew what to do with. Until God just took it all away. And you know what? I'm so glad he did. Because what it calls you to do, and it calls her to do, and it calls us to do, it calls us to hunger for him more than ever before. I wasn't hungering to get the money back. I was hungering to say, God, I want to know you like I've never known you before. I want to walk in places of the spirit that we've never walked in before. I want the angels of God to show up in church services that people could be healed and backsliders could feel conviction that would compel them to run to an altar. That's an apostle church that God's trying to restore but defeat see Martha Martha had done sat there too long you could be a Martha I could be a Martha God forbid some are Martha they try to talk the spiritual stuff there's no depth there's no relationship it's topical they never went any further than getting the Holy Ghost and that's it. They never dove into relationship with him. And here's how what proves their response to God. Next verse, Brother Ron. Let's go, Brother Ron. Verse 29. Musicians come. Sister Lisa, Sister Ashley, y'all come. And as soon as they heard, she rose quickly, came unto him. Next verse. And when Jesus was not coming, he said in the place where they met. Next verse. And when the Jews were with her in the house, comfort her. Mary rose up, next verse. And when Mary come to Jesus, here it is. She fell at his feet. She said the same thing Martha said. Watch, next verse. And when Jesus saw, somebody hear me, this is it. This, this is the demarcation between Martha and Mary. Mary, Martha pretended. Mary revealed. Brother Ken, Martha tried to pretend nothing's wrong with me. Mary said, I've lost my mind because I've lost my brother. You see the difference, Brother Roger? Martha said, if you've been here, it'd been resurrection and all that. And Jesus does what he does best, trying to reach through her verbiage of religiosity to try to reach her. Sister Mark can tell. But Mary comes, and Mary don't give him no jargon. Mary don't give him no special words. 
Mary just comes. Watch. And when he saw her weeping, and the Jews, she, he groaned. She got down and began to weep, saying, Lord, I need you. Defeat is taking over my mind. I'm losing the battle more than I'm winning the battle. I'm gonna be, I'll be honest today. I'll be honest. Brother Mike Smith, I feel like I'm losing the battle sometimes more than I'm winning it. But what I found was is not to go to God with my verbiage and theological understanding, but to go to Him with tears and just put my face down in the carpet and say, God, be merciful to me. God, I need you more than anything in this world. I need you to move in my family. I need you to move in these situations. I need you to move in these circumstances because right now, God, everything is dead. But I know that if you show up, it'll change. When's the last time, Brother Ken, I buried my face in a carpet in a prayer meeting and said, God, if you don't come to my aid and save my family, my home, and my church, God, I can't do this. I can't preach, God. I don't know what to say no more, God. I need you to help us in defeat. I'm too spiritual for that. I'm too spiritual for that. I'm going to stand up and make everybody think everything's okay. Jesus groaned in his spirit. He was troubled. Watch. Next verse. And he said, where did you lay it down, Mary? He never asked that to Martha. Why did Mary get the answer and Martha did not? This is why prayers are answered and prayers are not. Because we pretend everything's okay and we got an image to protect, Brother Mike. And we protect our image to our family instead of being open and transparent like Mary. And Jesus says, where have you laid it at the feet? The feet. It's defeated you, Mary, and you've laid it down. Notice he didn't say nothing, Brother Darrell. I'm the resurrection and the life. You know what he did, Brother Will? This is a revelation for somebody. Hear me. He didn't declare it. He just showed up. And you're waiting on God to come with an angel and go, Hey, I'm going to do. When if I'll just do my part. Weep. God, I'm defeated. God didn't ask for her victories. God didn't ask for all the great things she's done. God didn't ask for what, what great things she's done for the church. He didn't ask for none of that. He just asked, where did you lay it down to defeat? And he said, because that's what I came for. I came to beat defeat and give you another victory again. I don't know what to do with this message, Brother Savon. Because my heart's so divided. I got some that they're not even here today in the mind. They can't, the unbelief is so deep in their heart, they can't even respond. But then I got some that are so, so here's what I'm going to do. Who wants to be Mary? Stand to your feet and run to this altar today. I'm going to leave it up to you. Who wants to be Mary today? Who wants to be Mary? 
Because the rest of that story was Jesus moved into a cave and he called out that which was dead. If you can't make it to this altar, find a front row pew. That's just as good. Just run to this altar area. Lift your voice, lift your hands, bow a knee, do whatever you feel in the Holy Ghost. Just give God some response today. on I make no apologies for this heaviness on Sunday morning I'm reaching for people this morning I'm reaching to to get us where we need to be as a church because there's a harvest of people that's coming I say again that we ain't got building big enough for what God's going to bring in this place come on you laid it at the feet of defeat you said it'll never change it's dead our relationship's dead our marriage is dead my body is dead my family is dead my kids are dead you're at the right place just lay it down at the feet of defeat come on just love him right now come on just love him that's all you gotta do there ain't no shout no jump come on Jesus is here to defeat defeat Jesus is here to put defeat in its place through resurrection power that backslidden son and daughter's coming you sowed seed into them come on Mary do what's in your heart Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. He's ministering to the hearts of people today. You're not alone. Jesus came today. Jesus came to help you in your battle. You feel so defeated. Addiction has taken you out. Problems have taken you out. Your faith is low. Defeat seemingly has won. I'm here to tell you, Jesus came to put defeat in its place. Come on, somebody. God's moving our church into a different place this morning. I'm telling you, whoever's got a heart for the things of God, just respond the best you can. I'm telling you, God's moving this church. It's a new dimension. There's a new anointing in here today. I feel something different like I've never felt again. Another step we took. Come on, I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm not trying to be harsh or rude. I'm trying to provoke somebody into realizing you're really a Mary. Your hearts found favor with God. You're married, but the enemies made you feel you're a Martha. You're not defeated. 